welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Positively You podcast. You guys, I am so excited about our conversation today. I have Amber Trueblood on today, and you guys, I'm so excited to talk to her. Her email's been sitting in my inbox and I've been looking at it and just counting down the days that we got to talk because she is amazing. So let's let's uh, go with her rap sheet, okay? She is a licensed marriage and family therapist. You know, I love that. A best-selling author, speaker, uh, previous podcaster. She's a mom to four sons, not just four kids, four sons. So you know it's crazy town where she is at. And her latest book just came out. It's called The Unflustered Mom, How Understanding the Five Anxiety Styles Transforms the Way We Parent, Partner, Live, and Love. And I think I messed that up a little bit, but I cannot wait to get in to talk about those five styles. But before I do, Amber, would you like to introduce yourself and say hi? Oh, thank you so much, Jesse. I'm I'm stoked to be here too. I feel like we're going to have fun. I love this energy and especially in the morning. And so I... I'm so happy to be here because I love talking about my book and I love sharing strategies that can help moms everywhere reduce anxiety, reduce overwhelm, feel better in like the most practical and realistic way possible. That's basically what I'm all about. I love that you said that in the most practical and realistic way because we read these books or these articles or, you know, listen to podcasts and it's like all of these different steps for us to do. And it's like, well, now I'm even more overwhelmed. Right. Or you start beating yourself up because, or you maybe even do some of the things for a couple of days and then they don't keep. So I talk a lot about understanding yourself, what motivational Mm -hmm. strategies are likely to work for you, what implementation strategies are likely to work for you so that it's easy. Like I always say, I, I don't like to cook. Okay. It's just not my thing. It doesn't light me up. It doesn't refuel me. I have to feed people. So I have to do it a lot, but I could have all the like most amazing recipes, the most delicious, expensive, fancy, organic ingredients. Like you could put that all on the counter for me. And I still would be like, I'm fine. I'm good. I could, yeah. I would do not have the motivation to do it. So knowing knowing that about myself is the first step, right? Yes, yes, I love that because you know I I had on another podcast a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about the same thing with having all of these tools in our tool belt, and you know I was saying you know someone else might really love going for a run, and like that is their biggest stress reliever. I'm like that is pure torture for me, right? Like yeah. So I love that it's learning about not only all of the tools that are out there and the things that we can use, but also learning what ones are good for us, what ones we can carry, and then the what ones that we can drop. And we can drop those with no guilt, no shame, like just, yeah, those ones are not for me. So I love, love, love that you brought that up. The more clear you are about it, also the less pulled you get in other directions that maybe are not going to work. And the more like unapologetically you hold those boundaries, which is also Honestly, I think for most of the other people around us, then it's 
it's something that we start to admire, right? You know, it's just like if somebody comes in, like say you're, say you drink alcohol, but you're trying to like kind of not drink so much alcohol and you go to dinner and you say like, you know, everybody's ordered drinks and you say, well, uh, no, but if you've decided I don't drink Mm -hmm. or I don't eat cheese or I don't eat dairy or whatever, like if that's a decision that you've made because you feel so clear about it, nobody could talk you in into it differently because you've made a decision based on your values, right? Your wants, your dreams, your body, your lifestyle, you know, your beliefs, whatever it is. But the, the more clear you are on that, then you can move through life like unapologetically. And that's an attractive feature too, because I think most people want to really be able to get to a place where we make our decisions from that, like, And you can always change your mind too, right? Mm -hmm. Like you always have permission to change your mind, especially when it's based on internal factors and not external, like what you think you should do or what this person's doing or, you know, like the run thing. I would love, I want to want to run. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) But it's not going to happen. I want to dance and that's what I do. And that's what lights me up. And so I go to dance classes. Like that's what's super fun to me. I spoke to a woman yesterday and she's like, I would hate to go to dance classes. I love to play tennis and that's what lights me up, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. A phrase that popped up in the email that was sent over to me is that we are addicted to overwhelm. And that was kind of an interesting way of phrasing that too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think you're I think you're right. So I'm curious, what do you mean when you say addicted to overwhelm yeah. and how can we overcome that? Yeah. Right. Because that's the point of it. Right. Um, perfect. I love the question. So the first thing is that, you know, we we get onto this cycle, right? We get on this like running wheel of doing and doing and going and going and planning, and planning. And, you know, a lot of us as moms, especially, you know, we get better and better at it. A lot of yeah. us as the years go by and the people around us then say like, oh, here, Jesse can do it. She's really good at this here, <laughs> you know, and you maybe can do it better or faster or more efficiently than other people. And so, and also we tend to get a lot of accolades and, and mm-hmm. maybe feel a lot of pride for that. So you might at once feel overwhelmed, resentful, frustrated, and kind of at the same time, like you feel like a badass, like you feel like, nice. look at all of this stuff I did. Like yeah, I'm we mad. wear that, like that badge of busy, right? Yeah. I'm yes. busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Well Crazy. said. Mm, yeah. Right. So it's about how do we shift that addiction to overwhelm for the sake of overwhelm to really shifting that to doing, spending our time, money, energy, resources, and attention in ways that are really important to us. Now, yeah. I want to say this about overwhelm because I think I define it differently than a lot of people. And I want to say it's not necessarily the number of to-do items on your list, right? It's not necessarily how many kids you have at five different schools. It's not necessarily how many jobs you're trying to juggle or that you're caring for, you know, um, a child with special needs and adult parents that are having issues and they're across the country or, you know, I mean, there's a myriad of possible (laughs) things, right? So it's not necessarily the amount of things on your list or how you're spending your time every day. It's how you're spending your time and how well that's aligned with what's really important to you. So if you're busy, busy, busy 24-7 and have 85 things on your list today, but 54 of them are really aligned with what is really important to you and what lights you up, 
then you can end the day feeling satiated and fulfilled and satisfied. If you have 87 things on your list and four of them are really important to you, and the other, I can't do the math, 83 are, are, you know, really because you feel like you have to do it, you feel like you should do it, you feel like that's what a, a good wife does or a good mom does or a good sister should do or a good daughter should do, that's when it's depleting. That's yes. when it just drains your spirit and you can't keep that up. And you shouldn't because, and I don't like to use that word, but like, it's, I want to say it's not serving anybody for you to just grind on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. No, I think that that uh, definition and that recognition is so important because I think of the days that I've had that are really, really full, but they were full with things that lit me up. Like I was go, go, going all day, but I get done and I'm like, wow, that was so good. Like I connected with friends or I was outside in nature and I, you know, check things off this list and all of the things, like you said, that connect with like your core values and the things that are really important to you. That day can be full to the brim and I don't feel overwhelmed. I feel full. Yeah. Versus, yeah, like you said, those days when I'm checking off everyone else's to-dos or I'm doing things out of obligation and then I'm probably feeling resentment at some point. And I think it's important to not only clue into our own core values, but also not compare our to-do lists with everyone else's, right? Like I might be tapped out at 10 things on mine and I look across the street over at my friend Becca and she's got 87 things and she's doing it with a smile on her face and skipping all around town. Right. And, you know, so I think like not like not comparing to other people and then also feeling, figuring out like, what are the things on my list that actually align with what I want to be doing and how I can drop that off. So I love that you have that definition and that you've like shared that with us because I think that alone, like we could stop recording right now. We won't, but we could. (laughs) Everybody pause. So important. Put like, put this on your favorites so you you can circle back because we're gonna have a lot of, I think, drop, drop the mic moments, hopefully. Right. Really shift things. You asked about like, what do we do about it? Like, what's the next step? And this is also a recommendation that I think you might not, might feel counterintuitive, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna say, take those 83 things and, you know, trash half of them. A, because that's a lot of pressure. B, because often you can't, and then you feel frustrated or resentful or angry, or, you know, just even more overwhelmed when you look mm-hmm. through them. So what I will say is, Think of one thing you can do just this week. It doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be this morning. Think of one thing that you can do that you either know totally lights you up, that you love it, it refuels you, feels so good. And this is not surface self-care. This is like something deep that like, so it might, it's often something that other people would be like, really? (laughs) That's what you like to do? Like Mm -hmm. do puzzles by by yourself? In, on the bathroom floor at night, like whatever it is, you <laughs> yes. know, it, it doesn't matter. In fact, the weirder and more specific it is, the more likely you're onto something, right? Yeah. Because you know, it's not coming from somebody else. It's coming from some weird place within that really knows what is going to light you up and feel, cause you to feel more refueled emotionally and spiritually today. So think of one thing that you can do this week that you can add to your list this week. And what happens when we add one thing that is really emotionally refueling to us, suddenly those 83 things that were really draining, I'm not saying they completely become neutralized, but they go from like very draining to, okay, like that actually didn't cause me resentment and anger today because I really invested in myself. So 
it's not a one-to-one ratio. You don't have to like add one thing you like, take off one thing you don't like. It it doesn't work that way, which baffles me. Like right. it, it and I've and I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it in my clients' lives that when they add something that really is important to them, and I mean daily would be great, but even just once a week, you will find that everything kind of shifts. Everything shifts from that depleting, addicted to overwhelm, you know, kind of space into a more neutral space, right? Mm-hmm. So then your overall average, if you're a mathy person, is higher, right? Your overall emotional bank account, let's say, is is higher. It the balance is raised. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love, you know, if you're watching, you can see like the scale <laughs> things all kind of hand doing. movements happening. <laughs> because yeah, I love that you preface that with saying, you know, this might seem counterintuitive because it is our first thought is okay, what do I need to drop? What do I need to drop? I need to get some things off my to-do list. And, you know, yeah, immediately you think adding like, well, are you crazy? Like Amber? No. (laughs) And if you think of what that would be like, I'm going to put you on the spot. What would be your one thing you could add this week? Oh, there's so many. Number one would just be crazy dancing to super loud music down in my basement, which I did yesterday when I was feeling super overwhelmed. And guess what? If someone would have walked down, they would have been like, what is that idiot doing in the basement? But I felt so good. And so I love that you said that too. Like, what's the weird thing? I'm like, I don't know. I want to go sit barefoot in a river next to my house. Like, you know, super weird things because I know that that's not them. So I love that that was your clue that you're on to something like the weirder and more. It feels like if someone saw me doing this, they would think what? Do that. Go do that thing. But when you said that about the river just now, like my, I got chills. My whole body got chills when you said that. That was wild. So, yeah, that's when you know you're onto something. And when you hear somebody else's, you could steal that. If it gives oh, yeah. you chills, it's like borrow that. Like you're not taking anything away from that person. And, and yes, adding something, it, it feels counterintuitive. But if you think of the, the thing that's right for you, then it should also give you chills and make you excited mm-hmm. and not. So if it's something that you think of and your body goes, how am I going to add that in? Then it's it's maybe not the right thing. If it if you get excited and then you say, oh, but where? Like, how is that even possible? When am I? I've got the kids. I don't really want to bring them to the river because that changes the whole dynamic. Like, yeah, how can I do this. And, you know, one key, you know, I, I talk a lot about communication strategies as well, because it's one thing to know your needs. It's another thing to even have good implementation practices and know your motivation style and all of these things and understand your anxiety style, which we can talk about in a minute. Um, it's another thing to give yourself permission, right? And also communicate that to the other people that you interact with every day. So oh yes, one strategy is, is very simple. So I just want you to remember the word happy. And I want you to remember that the people in your life that care about you really do want you to be happy. They, they really, really, really do. I know that it doesn't feel that way sometimes, but they really do. And so if you say, Hey, you know what would make me really happy if I did this tomorrow? And then you be specific. Is if you yeah. could take the kids from like four to six tomorrow, and I could just go to the river by myself, bring my journal, bring some music. Oh, that would make me so happy. Try that. Yeah. Be really specific. Use the word happy. Ooh, and I like that. And and see if that doesn't get you the permission not only for yourself, but 
from whoever else you feel like you need their support to help make that happen. Mm, I like the word support instead of permission too. Yeah. I I say I tend to say permission when it comes to ourselves yeah. because I want people to give themselves permission, but you, yeah, you don't need permission from anybody else. Yeah. I mean, you I think we do. So I, I kind of, I just kind of liked that, how that, yeah. that hit me differently when it was, how can you support me versus, you know, oh, I need permission from, you know, my spouse or like, we really don't, but we, we right. use that as a block. And, you know, you said it's easy for us to not easy, but we can identify it within ourselves, but then communicating it to other people is the hard part. And hi, I'm like both hands up in the air. That is me. And something I've really been working on about actually communicating those needs. And it can feel scary if you're not used to that. But like you you said, the people in your life really do want to see you happy. They really do. And so if you're not used to communicating your needs, that is a scary step. And I'm hi, like, yes, sister, I'm with you. Um, And you're giving them a gift by like giving them love, like, exact directions on how to make you happy. It is really, it's really a gift to, yeah. to be giving them. And the more, more specific you can be, like, here's what I need you to do. So saying things like, I need a break, I'm exhausted, not so helpful, right? Mm-hmm. So be real, because they also might step in and try to help in a way that's like not helpful to you at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that stresses well, you out more. Think like, oh, you know, you sat on the couch after you did dishes and vegged out for, you know, on Instagram or whatever, you got your break. Like, you know, I, I, I'm coming to the uh, Brene Brown quote, clear is kind, hmm. where she yes. always says that clear is kind. And I think that that in this instance is kind to both of you, you're expressing those needs, then they know exactly what they need to do to show up for you and to support yeah. you. And Wow. I love, I love that. And, and please, please, please don't wait until somebody figures out a, that you do need a break or support and b how, what kind of support you need. Please don't wait for somebody to figure that out. Now, girlfriends or certain family members might totally know, like Jesse, I might be able to call you and also, you know, not to make big gender differences here, but you know, so apply, apply it if it applies to your relationship, but I could call you and say, not even know you, right? I, but mm-hmm. I could probably text you tomorrow and say, oh my God, Jesse, like I just, I felt like we connected yesterday and I just have to say like, I'm not doing okay today. I'm yeah. not okay today. I am a hot mess and I just, I'm not okay. And you would be like, Zoom, present. Like, what do you need, honey? Like, you got this. Like, what do you just need to, you know, vent? Or like, do you want to go for a walk? Like I can put in my ear, you know, like, yeah. A lot of women in our life, hopefully you have women in your life like this. If not, I have strategies for how to draw them in, but um, that, that kind of respond differently, right? Mm-hmm. Um, often if we say that to the men in our life, especially if they feel responsible for our happiness because they like us and they love us and they want us to be happy, they will take that often as they're doing something wrong. They yep. failed you. Now they have a wife who's unhappy and some can't they don't know how to respond to that in a way that's helpful. So giving them that really specific, like, Hey, I don't know what's going on with me. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this and this and what would be helpful before they jump to what they think might be helpful. This is what I really need most right now. I'd be so happy if, and, and like you said, kind is clear, like being very clear and specific. Um, like when, and when I say specific, it means like, what do you want them to do? When, what the time frame is, what they can do while you're doing this, and then what the benefit will be like yeah. as much as you can give is fantastic. And then, and then the magic of it is 
the next time you're feeling all flustered and overwhelmed, like Jesse, your husband might say, hey, so how about I take the kids to the park and you go down to that um, that river maybe? What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. not to say you're being uh, interesting right now, but you you know, maybe that would be good. Maybe you need to take a bath or go to your dance party in the, in the basement. Exactly, because they know now. Oh, I love, yes. love, love, love that suggestion. Okay, I'm absolutely loving this conversation with Amber, and because this is such a juicy conversation and we got talking, I decided to break it up into a part one and a part two for you to make it just a little bit more easy to digest. So this was part one where we're talking about overcoming all that overwhelm, and in part two, we dive into her book, we dive into the five anxiety styles and how you can combat that anxiety in yourself and show up better for you and the people around you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know you did. And don't miss part two. Click over right now. Very next episode. I'll see you over there. Thank you for hanging out with me again today. I'm so glad you pressed play. If you want to take a quick second to share this episode with someone you think would love it too, that would be amazing. If you're loving the show, make sure you go and leave a review on iTunes. Reviews are like magic for podcasts, and your review will help get this show into the ears of more amazing women just like you. And come find me over on Instagram. I'm there at positively.jesse, and I cannot wait to hang out with you some more. So until next time, have an amazing week.